What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the New York Sports Minute. It is Wednesday, March 8th, and I am super excited to be presenting a special episode this week, specifically on the Big East tournament that starts today in Madison Square Garden. As a reminder, the Big East tournament is a college basketball tournament featuring big college names like UConn, Villanova, St. John's, Marquette. It's my favorite weekend of the year. A lot of our listeners are big college basketball fans. And so I decided to provide you guys a special episode where I'm going to be interviewing a couple different fans from Villanova, from UConn, and we're going to give our projections, get you guys ready for the tournament that starts today and runs all the way through Saturday. So with that, let's jump right in. This is the New York Sportsman with your host, Morgan Eck. All right. What's up, everyone? Very excited to get into the Big East tournament, my favorite tournament of of college basketball, obviously, and one of the biggest weekends of New York. MSG kind of turn, comes alive for the Big East tournament. And so to help me with the conversation, I have two what I'd call super fans, Justin from UConn. Webb is a big Villanova fan, two good friends of mine. And so Webb, Justin, welcome to the show. How you guys doing? What's up, Morgan? Thanks for having us. Happy to uh, be here to talk hoops with you. Thanks for having us on. It's it's a great week to see all the conference tournaments going on, but I feel like the uh, the Big East delivers pretty much every year, so it's hard not to be excited. Yeah, and I feel like, I don't know about you guys, I feel like this is the first Big East tournament we've had in a while. Like, obviously, we've had one every year, but this feels like the old Big East is back. So, Justin, as our, our resident UConn fan, as the UConn team that came back into the Big East a couple of years ago, what are your thoughts? I feel like this is the first kind of classic Big East tournament that we've had since, I don't know, a long time. Yeah, I think, uh, look, I think for the first time in a long time, um, unfortunately, this is going to be a tip of the cap to you guys as, as Villanova graduates. Um, there is not a surefire favorite going into the tournament. So, so much of that being back and and the feeling of the Big East tournament being back is just surrounded by the fact that there is five or six teams that could win this thing and no one would bat an eye. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of talent top to bottom, especially coming off um, you know the start of the year where people were talking about the Big East being down and the Big East not having talent. Shoot, Marquette was picked to finish ninth in the Big East to start the year. Um, there's a lot of talent and a lot of depth and a lot of high quality teams within this league. And it's going to make for a really, really great, you know, four day uh, extravaganza here in New York city. Yeah, I agree. I mean, usually there's one or two teams that people have sort of pegged as finalists, but I don't know. I mean, Webb, what do you think? What would you consider the top teams, you know, heading into this weekend? What are the top echelon of teams that you think have the best chance of winning on, on Saturday? It's hard to be confident because, as Justin said, I think there are probably five or six teams that can win. Um, the the two that I kind of expect to get to the finals are Xavier as the two seed and UConn as the four. UConn's kind of a sneaky four seed because they had one rough patch, I guess, that you know kind of knocked them out of contention for the big east regular season but when they're playing at their best right it's hard to see anyone being able to knock them off but i feel like there's just no one else who can kind of match up with the firepower they have so 
I would say that, you know, I expect a, a Xavier UConn final, and those are the two teams I think kind of the best chance to win it. But I mean, you know, Xavier is also lacking some depth now with Fremantle out. Um, and Nova and Creighton are, are both on their side of the bracket. So it's, yeah. it's definitely not a surefire thing that, you know, they get to the final. Yeah, I agree. I, I feel like UConn is the perennial favorite heading into this. They're ranked in the four seed. They're ranked 11 overall in the AP rankings, only behind Marquette, who's number six. So in theory, they are kind of the second best team in this tournament. FanDuel is saying they have two to one, two to one odds plus 210 as the best or the most, uh, the, the favorites to win this tournament. Justin, would be curious, why do you think UConn can win this? Or like, what are some of the key points that the average fan should be watching for, you know, in the upcoming days for UConn? Yeah, so the thing about UConn is that they can score at all three levels and they have tremendous depth. So you talk about a guy like Adama Sonogo, Big East preseason player of the year, uh, leading scorer in the Big East, um, averages pretty close to a double-double and commands double teams in the post. Um, you talk about a guy like Jordan Hawkins, who's come on, uh, especially in the latter half of the season, but was you know highly touted as um, the next big UConn guard at the start of the season. He's been averaging close to 24 points a game in the last nine games here. Um, two guys who really can kind of counteract each other, right? And that you get a three-point threat. Um, so if you're focused on him, Sonogo's got, mm-hmm. you know, um, solo matchups in the post and vice versa. You want to double in the post and you leave – uh, you know, Hawkins coming off screens. So just those two guys alone, I think um, you could argue are the best tandem within the Big East. But then you talk about guys like Tristan Newton, who was a thousand point scorer transferring from ECU. Um, Andre Jackson, who scores the least amount of points out of UConn starting five, but somehow, um, you know, consistently ends up being their most important player, a real jack of all trades. So the depth that they have, um, and just the star power that they have, I think, kind of straps them up for March, um, especially in the Big East tournament. It's all just going to be about confidence for them. If they can get rolling early, um, they can bring in defensive intensity. They're they're very hard to beat when they're playing anywhere above, you know, a B game in the Big East. Yeah, not not to mention, I feel like they're playing their best basketball, right? I think they've won, what, 11 of their last 12 or something like that? And they've been on a total run. They I thought they manhandled Nova on Saturday. They won that game pretty much pole to pole and and Villanova really never showed any chance of winning that game. So I think UConn, if you're a betting, you know, betting favorite, UConn feels as good as anyone to win this tournament. I agree. Sonogo is probably the best overall player, one of the best overall players in the court. He's the leading scorer in the Big East, I think at 17 points a game. Hawkins will get into a little bit, but I agree. I think I would say they're by far and away the favorites, but Webb, I feel like no one's really talking about Marquette and that Marquette is ranked six overall. A lot of people have them sort of circled to make the final four or at least a run of the final four. Yet they're third in odds to win this tournament at plus 340. Would be curious. Do you think Marquette has a chance of winning this thing? Do you think they're a candidate to maybe get upset early? What's your take on this Marquette team that's you know quietly putting together an unreal season under under Shaka Smart? Yeah. I mean, look, they won. They won the Big East regular season in a year where the Big East was deep. So obviously they they can beat anyone, and they have Kolek, who is is certainly a star. But at, at the same time, you know, I, I'm not saying this that an upset is 
likely to happen. But last week they they played a two point game with St. John's at home, and, and sure, a win is a win, but. I just don't think they have that sort of dominant or killer instinct you need to mm-hmm. put teams away. Uh, I feel like in, in the conference tournament, it's dangerous if you let teams hang around. So, yeah, is it unlikely that St. John's upsets them? Yes, but I just feel like even though they're the one seed, Marquette is a candidate to kind of get upset. Yeah, I think no, I, I think the one thing I'd add to on that, and um, I'll probably eat my words for this if UConn ends up beating Providence and goes on to lose to Marquette. But all year, people have touted their their youth. Right, they're bringing back their whole entire team next year. They don't have anyone who's older than like a junior who's playing material minutes. Um, sometimes that's your own worst enemy. Right, there were a 500 team last year, close to a 500 team. They had a great start to the season, then fell off at the end. You're now getting teams best shot every single night in games that matter with packed arenas. It's a different level of intensity and focus and um, just sheer willpower that has to exist at this time of year versus, you know, the regular season. So it's going to be interesting to see how they respond, but that, that youth that people have been talking about could really come back to bite them. Do you give any stock into having Shaka smart as a coach, as a guy who's made runs in March before, like UConn has Hurley, who's been a little bit younger of a coach, hasn't played in that or coaching that many big games at, at UConn. I'd be curious, Justin, do you give Shaka Smart sort of that big edge and like he might be able to help a younger team make a run? Or do you think it's not as important for, for a tournament like this? So Shaka Smart's been to one. I think he's he's been to one Final Four. It was that VCU team that went yep. in 2011 and lost to Butler. Um, that was the Kemba Walker run year. He has the seven and nine record in in the NCAA tournament um so I I don't necessarily know if Shaka's necessarily battle tested per se in in March um he definitely has the experience and he's coached in big games but even when he was at Texas right he he hasn't coached in a real real big game um since he was at VCU the the Texas squads that he coached only had two 21 seasons with their their peak coming at 21 wins um so again I I think he has the ability um he's obviously a tremendous coach and he's done a great job at at Marquette but I don't know it takes a different level of will um and ability when you get into those games where you're going head-to-head against Tom Izzo or you're going head-to-head against any of the the perennial Hall of Fame coaches that kind of sit in the late stages of March so yeah I don't know the coaching the coaching equation is a tough one you got to put your position you got to put your players in a position to be successful um, and a lot of that happens before the game even starts. I was, I, I kind of agree with that. <clears throat> and the final four run, I, I feel like it's a lot different uh, coaching your team when you're the scrappy underdog coming out of a, you know, mid-major conference. In this scenario, Marquette is probably on the two-seed line for the tournament, and, and they're the number one seed in their conference tournament. I mean, yeah, they still probably have some of that mentality given that they're a newcomer to to the Big East, but I feel like they're just in a different position than those VCU teams everywhere. If we're looking at sort of what I'd call the mid-tier teams of the Big East, I'd put Villanova in there. I'd put Providence, Seton Hall. I'd also put Creighton in there, even though I know Creighton has the second best odds to win the tournament. 
Justin, I'd be curious of those four teams, which teams do you think has the opportunity to upset a UConn, upset a Marquette, and win the tournament? So I think Creighton, um, although they're the second best odds, probably is one of the most rounded teams uh, within the Big East. And I think that there's a reason they were a preseason top 10 team. Um, they've been there before. They played that Villanova team last year, really tough in the final. Um, so I think Creighton's great. Um, I don't think Providence is bad either. They've been really bad as of late. They played six pretty horrible games defensively over the last uh, you know, month or so. Um, and they've been trending downwards, but Bryce Hopkins is an NBA caliber player and Cooley is a, a power five, you know, you could call him a top 20 coach in college basketball. So the equation that both Creighton and Providence have, um, if I was a betting man, I, I'd take Creighton because I wouldn't want to face UConn first round as, as a Friars fan, but um, I don't know. I, I think both teams are, are tremendous. What scares me about Providence is... I think everyone knows they're awesome at the dunk and that's sort of like one of their MOs, but you look at Providence this year, they went 21 and 10 overall. They were 15 and two at home, six and six on the road. That's wild. The like, amp too. Not don't even give them the credit of Dunkin' Donuts anymore. They're the yeah, amp. Right. That's true. But it's like that team is a different team on the road. I mean, especially, I mean, I, I do think Providence fans will travel pretty well this weekend. They'll, I don't know. I just feel like that team is totally different when they're not, you know, actually in Providence. So that scares me. I'd be curious, Webb, like does Villanova have any ch chance? I think if I asked you this a week ago, you would have said, yeah, they have a good chance, but based on how they looked against UConn. Yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't completely, they should handle Georgetown and they've already shown they're capable of beating Creighton. They've played everyone in the Big East close, at least for the most part. I just think, yeah, that if they had gone on to win that UConn game, then you can kind of point to how well they're playing at the end of the season. I mean, they got a few solid wins. I think they can hang around in any game. It, it will just take, you know, a little bit of luck. But they've won so much in, you know, the last five or six years. And there's guys on the team that have won at, at MSG. I feel like that gives them at least some confidence uh, going into this. I just think they, they haven't put together a season that makes me believe that, that they can actually win. Yeah, I mean, I just think about like on paper, they have it. Like on paper, they have the score in Justin Moore, the, the kind of guy that can go unconscious for four nights and, and win them a tournament. They have Eric Dixon, who is top seven in the Big East in scoring. So that tells me like he could erupt a couple times for – you know, nights where he scores 25 plus defensively, they've been playing fine and been holding teams to sub 80 points for a good amount now. But I mean, the biggest concern I think we have with Nova is their depth is terrible. Like outside of a couple of guys, like Slater isn't a legitimate starting five player in the big East. And, you know, Chris Arch coming off the bench is their sixth option is never a good idea. So I just feel like depth alone in a tournament style game, serving style play is going to be really tough for them. Plus, I just don't know if Kyle Neptune has the chops to actually coach a Big East tournament the way he needs to. Like, I know, Justin, you mentioned you're not going to give a ton of stock to Shaka Smart, but I also will ding a team like Villanova who doesn't have the coach who's ever been in the situation. So, Great. like, do I think Villanova is going to beat Georgetown tonight? Like, yeah, I think they do. I Do I think Villanova could maybe beat Creighton on Thursday? Maybe. But like, I don't know if I see them making a run just based on how they're coached in their depth. But I don't know. I guess we'll see. I think 
I think your X factor is Whitmore, right? Like you need someone to show up big time in the garden. Yeah. You need to, you need someone to show up big time in March in general, but if he's half out the door and doesn't believe team's dead in the water. Yeah, I, I agree because the other aspect having to play in the first round. Yeah. We've seen flashes of the old Justin Moore, but he's still only like 10 and a half months or 11 months removed from an Achilles injury. So playing, if you were to make the final, like he has to show up for four straight games. And I feel like, the likelihood of that is just not high. So then you need Whitmore or Armstrong to kind of step up and win you a game or two. And I just don't have a ton of confidence in one of those freshmen uh, yeah, it's putting gonna be, it together for multiple games. It's going to be bright lights for those for those two freshmen. I mean, I think the, the only plus that I would say that UConn has, Villanova has, and obviously St. John's have is those three fan bases are going to travel very well. Like for UConn games, it's going to feel like a home game. For Villanova, it's going to feel like a home game. Obviously, St. John's, it is a home game. So I will say for Villanova, their fan base will travel well, which I think will help someone like Whitmore. But to your point, I think they need someone outside of Moore and Dixon to step up. It's going to probably have to be him. Maybe it's Armstrong, but Armstrong hasn't shown me enough all year to make me think he's going to score 20 points. But Justin, question for you is, St. John's, Butler, DePaul, and Georgetown all are like 250 to one to win the tournament. Do we think there is a classic Georgetown Patrick Ewing run out of these four? Do you think any of these four have any remote chance at winning the biggest tournament? So I think Butler, I'll go on record saying this. I think Butler is the worst team in the Big East. Um, I think Georgetown's better than them. I think Georgetown has more talent. I just think they're horrendously coached. Um, if you ask me to make a first round sleeper pick, I, I genuinely would have to consider taking Georgetown over Villanova. Like I think that <laughs> there's something there. Um, but what do you mean by think, something there? I don't know. I just think that it's not necessarily Georgetown at MSG. It's not necessarily, uh, I don't know, Patrick Ewing is going to turn into Larry Brown. I just think Villanova could – I don't know how Villanova is going to respond to how they performed on Saturday night. Um, look, I could. they could absolutely get steamrolled too. If you made, if you made me actually bet on who I think could make a run to the final, it's, it's St. John's. Um, they have a bunch of dogs. They have a bunch of guys who don't know any better and, frankly, don't really care. Um, if those guys get hot like, and they take care of the basketball – they have the talent. Posh Alexander has been there for what feels like 14 years at this point. Um, but I don't know. That's a tough road. You got to beat Marquette. Um, even if you get out of the first round, you got to beat Marquette. Then you got to beat a winner of Providence, UConn. Then you got to beat whoever comes out of that bottom half. But St. John's has a firepower. They they started the year strong. And Soriano is a good big man as, as anyone in the conference. So I still can't believe you're picking – Georgetown is your upset. I mean, before we get into St. John's, I mean, Primo Spears, fifth in the Big East in scoring, 21 points in their loss against Creighton, 26 points in their loss against Providence. I also don't know, Webb, do you think there's an element of like the Villanova program might be a little shell-shocked that there's no way of them getting an at-large bid that they have to win it all? Like, I don't know. I feel like part of them are going to be like someone like Caleb Daniels is going to be so shocked that if they don't win it, his career is over. Like 
Do you think there's this element of like potentially giving up slash still being a little, I don't know, smoked in the face from the UConn game? Yeah, completely. Because outside of that one or whatever, two week stretch where everyone started crafting these at large bid narratives in their head uh this team lost to butler this team lost to depaul so and they played they played a really close game with georgetown at georgetown they kind of took over in the second half but like they managed to lose to a lot of the bottom teams in the big east and also had a ton of close games so yeah I, I don't think, I mean, it would be a horrendous loss, but it's not the craziest theory I've ever heard. You might, you could this. have people calling for Neptune's head if they, if they lose that game. You could really have people calling for his head. I mean, just given how close this league has been all year, like there's going to be a first round upset. That's for sure. Like it's definitely not going to sure. be Marquette. UConn, Creighton, Xavier, like that's not going to be the final four. Like there's absolutely going to be a team or two that goes down early. I think it could be Marquette. It could definitely be Villanova. Do you guys think DePaul has any chance tonight? They've lost 12 straight. I think DePaul's the second worst team in the biggest. I think yeah. I will go on record and say I think George Georgetown's talent wise is the third worst team in the Big East. Patrick you still- Ewing is yeah. terrible. I'm sorry, Knicks and New York fans. Great player, great person, horrific basketball coach. Horrific. And if he didn't have that run a few years ago, he would have absolutely been fired like four years ago. Um, Justin, I'd be curious. 2011, Kemba Walker puts the team on his back, basically wins UConn the Big East Tournament, has the famous cardiac Kemba moment, and then he obviously wins the national championship that year. Would be curious, is there a player in this tournament that could have a Kemba moment? Like, as a neutral fan, am I going to learn about some guy and all of a sudden he's going to be like a household name by the end of this tournament? I don't think you'll learn about someone. I still think Kolek on Marquette flies under the radar. Um, I think that the guy who has the chance to shine brightest, um, putting my UConn Huskies aside, is is Sule Boom. Um, He just feels like he fits the mold of, like, I came to MSG and I showed up. He's got the demeanor. He's got the swagger. He's got the balls to take the big shot. He he makes that Xavier team go. Um, and he's obviously a you know a, I think he was a unanimous um, All Big East selection by the AP today. So he he's a tremendous player. I think that again, not someone that's not on people's radar, but it wouldn't shock me to see him go out and absolutely light MSG on fire. Webb, what are your thoughts? Is there another guy here that you think could be a household name, maybe like a Hawkins at UConn? Yeah, so I think, I mean, Hawkins has had crazy production all year. So if you just haven't been following the Big East closely, yes, Hawkins is a candidate to just light it up. Um, If Providence makes a run, it's probably going to be Bryce Hopkins, and then Justin mentioned Sully Boom. And yeah, he was kind of hyped all year, but he's a transfer from, I think, UTEP. So he's yep. he hasn't been around the Big East. And yeah, he, he just seems like a big game player that loves the spotlight. So if Xavier were to make a run, I, I think it's on his back and he would, you know, probably be the, the Big East MVP. So... Yeah, I think Hawkins. I mean, I've been on the Hawkins train all year long. 
for the neutral fan out there, Hawkins is starting guard for U- UConn. He averaged 16 points a game. I think he's the best shooter on the team. He shoots 40%, 37% from three. He just feels like the guy that can light up the court in a hurry. And people are going to be, like you said earlier, Justin, are going to be very concerned about Sonogo. So I think Hawkins could be that guy that loves the the MSG lights. So I had him on my last week's podcast saying he was going to be the Big East tournament uh, you know, player. But I don't know. I, I think gun to my head, it could be boom, but it also could be a guy like Hawkins. Switching gears. Sleeper, sleeper before we switch gears, uh, put Trey Alexander on that list too from Creighton. I want to go on record about that one. We didn't talk too much about Creighton. You see they're, they're second in odds, plus 290 to win the tournament. What are your thought, thoughts on that, Justin? Do you think they have any chance? Kalkbrenner is an all-Big East player. Alexander is tremendous. Shireman is, is proven uh, in the later stages of the college basketball season. I mean, they have as many weapons as anyone. Um, they've been incredibly inconsistent as well. So, Probably best coach in advanced, the East. Advanced metrics love them. I think McDermott's the best game-planning coach in, in the league, X's and O's coach, preparing for other teams. Um, I don't know. I just don't really like Nebraska that much. They're, yeah. People forget their fans travel really well. There's a lot of Creighton fans that go to the Big East tournament. I've been the years we've gone. I've always sat near Creighton fans. Remember last year we were in the finals against them and they like filled up half of the gym. Yeah. Can you imagine taking a flight from Nebraska, getting off in at Newark, and taking a taxi and like getting out of your taxi at Times Square? <laughs> like. Have you like, ever been more shell shocked in your life? Can you the imagine? Only thing like you recognize is the red lobster on the corner. <laughs> and not only that, like you're getting ready for this really fun game Thursday night against a Villanova. A bunch of kids in their bean boots have had way too much to drink and are like yelling like all these like crazy things at you all team, and you just want to be like enjoying the game from Omaha. <laughs> you have like this guy named Charlie who's like had way too much to drink at Penn Six and is like throwing beers at you. Probably not the best event for an Omaha. No, that's not one you're bringing to your kids. Uh, you're bringing your kids to if you're from Nebraska. Where do uh, where do UConn fans watch? Like, where is their like bar before before the game? Um, Legends. Um, that's usually like the place where people gather beforehand. Sometimes they do watch parties there or pre MSG events if we're taking over the garden in any capacity. Um, but if I'm not mistaken, I think Legends is owned by a Providence grad, so it's a, mm. it doesn't really make too much sense. Um, but that's the spot usually. Would you say UConn fans are extra excited for this tournament? I feel like they have something to prove. I don't know. I just feel like people are like, this is our year for UConn. UConn fans, um, as as a part of that fan base, I love them. Um, outside looking in. I can understand how you'd want to punch every single one of them in the face. Uh, they travel extremely well. We're really obnoxious. We've been really anticipating a team like this since, you know, the 2014 run with Shabazz. Um, people feel really good about this year. It's been a tale of two seasons for UConn with the, the 14 and 0 start. And then the losing six to seven in the middle of the year. And then the bounce back eight and nine. Um, so it feels like they're trending in the right right direction and, and people from Connecticut just have nothing else. This is what we do. I feel like, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Good one. The, the, the one, and then the one little historical aspect when I was looking up a, a few things beforehand, 
Um, so UConn has seven Big East championships. Obviously, they had the they had their little trip to the AAC, but now they're back and they're if they do win this, they they'd be tied with Georgetown, who has eight, which is remarkable to think. Georgetown because, has eight Big East championships. Yeah. They, they do. Most of them came in the 80s. And then obviously they had that miracle run two years ago. But just yeah. something to think about. A, a lot of beca- because of how the Big East has shaped up the last five years, you kind of forget about the 90s and, and early 2000s being just completely dominated by UConn. So if they do win this year, they're tied up for the most championships uh in the big east dude i think that goes to speak to how dominant villanova has been even the last 10 years like it's yeah one in insane how far georgetown's fallen like that program has so much history and legacy and that's why it's that's why you're hearing rumors of like cooley and patino going there or cooley making a jump in conference mm-hmm. like people want that job and the legacy that 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 job stands behind um but Villanova just dominated for the last 10 years, like dominated that conference to the point that it felt like they were doing it forever. Right. And they always were good in the mid two thousands. And obviously their, their win uh, in the eighties with, with uh, Massimino, but it just feels like Villanova has been at the top of that conference since like forever. So it's hard to think of any other team kind of winning um, in a, in a high capacity, honestly. I mean, Villanova's won five out of the last six Big East tournaments. And before that, they hadn't won since 1995 with Kerry Kittles. They beat UConn that year. Justin, what would you say your favorite Big East tournament moment is? My favorite Big East tournament moment has to be uh, Kemba against Pittsburgh. I was home alone. My mom called me out of school. I proceeded to run through our screen door in the back of my house. Um, So that's that's the one that always stands out (laughs) to me. But... The first one I can really, really remember is uh, Talik Brown hit a shot kind of at the end of the shot clock against Pittsburgh in the early 2000s um, to kind of to solidify the Big East championship. I want to say that was 2003, but I don't know. There, that That is the Big East. MSG is the Big East. Um, 41st year that the tournament's been held there. Um, it just – it lights up the city, man. It's tremendous. What about you, Webb? What's uh... – when you think of the Big East tournament, what's your like number one memory, one number one moment? Sure, uh, I feel like I kind of go by what I what I've seen in, in person, just because we, when we were at school and then after school, we all tend to make it to the game. So the most memorable game for me was I, I think it was 2019, and the final was against Seton Hall, and it was it ended up being a two point game. I'm just looking here. So yeah, the final was 74, 72, Nova. And for one, that kind of, I felt like that was the one that solidified us as like the the top dog in the Big East. And two, just being there, playing Seton Hall, like they, their fans were rowdy. They all show up from Jersey. So being there in person in a tight game like that, uh, I think that is the most memorable for me. Yeah, I have, I have a bunch of... Nova moments. I, I feel like though, when I think of the Big East tournament, I think of 2009, six overtime between Syracuse and UConn. I remember I was like 15 at the time, and that was a game that you stayed up to like 2 a.m. watching. 
I think Kemba actually hit a game winning, not sorry, a game tying shot in regulation to send that to the first overtime. That was the Syracuse team with like Devendorf, Paul Harris. I don't remember who else is on that team. Johnny Flynn was on that team. I think that team went on to lose to Louisville in the finals that year, but I just remember six overtime and my dad is looking over being like Biggie's basketball. This is what it's all about. Like he was hoping it was going to like 12 overtime. So I'm hoping, I think we're going to get a like not a game, like six overtime, but I do think we're going to get three, four or five games that are just like absolute hold your breath. You know, even if it's like a Marquette versus St. John's, I think it's going to be that kind of tournament. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, um, that six overtime game was 67 minutes played by Johnny by Johnny Flynn. <laughs> uh, you know, 61 minutes by AJ Price. Ashim Thabit fouled out in 53 minutes. That was like, that is. That's the Big East. Right, that is like my childhood. That is the Big East. Who that can last when, longer? Who's going to take the punches? 15 years old. Devendorf hits the shot. Devendorf hits the shot, jumps up on the uh, the scores table and celebrates. They wave it off. That was a classic. Imagine that's still played on ESPN game? Classic, I feel like, every other week. What are the rules? Yeah, on imagine going to work the next day. <laughs> that is unbelievable. Imagine at six this overtimes. age, imagine we go to the game tomorrow night and Villanova plays six overtimes against Georgetown. No. You get I home at really one in the that. morning. Yeah, you can't leave. That That's the problem. Yeah. yeah, you might as well just stay and get ready for the 12 o'clock game on Thursday. Dude, one in the morning. The game tips tomorrow. It says 8. It's going to be 8.30. That game is already going to go toward till 11. Six overtime would literally get home at like 2 or 3 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's the, you're, better uh, off, that... you're better off jumping in the tent with the guy who's sleeping outside a 34th Street Penn Station stop on the red line <laughs> and just going going to sleep. Um, here's a hypothetical for you. If you put LeBron James on DePaul, <laughs> do they make, do they win the biggest tournament? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. They're that bad. They I would go as far to say they might win it all. Yeah, they would like with ease. I know, uh, we're about out of time here. So uh, let's do a quick around the horn. Webb, let's start with you. Who is in your finals for the biggest tournament? And who would you have winning at all? Yeah, so my final is UConn Xavier. Not, I guess, the craziest pick, but it is a, a four-versus-two matchup. And yeah. I would take UConn in that game because of their depth, as we touched on. I, I think Xavier has the guys to get there, but I think ultimately UConn has more depth, and they're, they're just sort of harder to stop. Justin? Uh, I can't do it. I think if it was UConn Xavier, it's hard for uh, a team to beat another team, especially an in-conference team, three times. So I would pick UConn. But I think it's going to be UConn Creighton. And unfortunately, I have the Blue Jays uh, solidifying their preseason ranking as a top 10 team and, and showing that they're capable in March. Wow. Back-to-back Biggie's finals, too, for Creighton. I'm going to go – I'll zag a little bit. I do think UConn is the best team in the tournament. I'm going to go – I'll go Xavier Marquette. I think Marquette, we're all picking them to get upset early in the first round. Maybe St. John's might take them down. So I'll say Xavier Marquette. I think Xavier wins it all with boom. I'm excited. Game start tonight. Justin and I are going to Villanova versus Georgetown. And what's the first game? Is it uh, the Seton Hall-DePaul game? 
Now the first game is Butler St. John's. All right, that's like the one o'clock game. So that's like the put twenty bucks on while you're working kind of game. And then Seton yeah. Hall DePaul is the five thirty, right? And then the the nine or the late game is the Villanova Georgetown game. Yeah, happy uh, Big East Big East Championship Wednesday. The work week is officially over. Work week is over until April. Pretty much, yeah. this is now the start of like all day basketball for the next three or four weeks. Work from home is about to go way up for every company around around the U.S. Nothing better, baby. All right, thanks for coming on, guys. Happy Big East tournament, everyone, and we will talk to you later this week. All right, it was great having Tom and Justin on to talk about the Big East tournament. Hope everyone has a great day. This is the start of probably the best few weeks stretch in sports with all of March Madness going on. We'll be back to you just in a couple days on Friday because we have a lot of things going on outside of the Big East tournament in the New York sports world. Primarily, Daniel Jones signing his big four-year $160 million contract, so we'll break down that. Saquon Barkley got his franchise tag, so we'll break down that. The Knicks are streaking. They're in the middle of a game right now as I'm recording, looking for their 10th win in a row against the Hornets. So we have a lot of content to get through. I'll do my best to get an episode out Friday as well. And you know, if I don't talk to you guys, enjoy the Big East tournament and enjoy the rest of your day. See ya.